0: with over one thousand eight hundred branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. And as we know in the house of the Lord there's food for us. Amen. And the Lord has blessed us with the humble servant of the Lord. And with all humility, let us stand upon our feet as we welcome to the podium, the servant of God, Reverend Gilbert Asamo. Glory, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, oh, i holy as the Lord, God Almighty, yeah, The earth is with his the earth is. Hallelujah to Jesus, let us pray. Heavenly Father we give you honor and praise, for indeed you are holy. You are far removed from all corruption. And in you we have our confidence. Thank you for bringing us close to your throne and close to your heart. To hear your holy precious words. We pray, my dear Lord, that you shall bless these words. Burn them into our hearts. That our lives will be transformed. In the name of our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. is it possible some people can sit in that empty space? Yeah. It's not reserved for anyone special. Uh, you are the special one it's reserved for. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We thank the Lord. Amen. Uh, so, um, the annual global exam is based on this book, The Anointed and His Anointing. Amen. Amen. If you remember, that is the book we use for the annual fast. Okay. So, it's going to be easy for you. Okay. Amen. Somebody is saying, well, it's too long ago. Well, your mind may not remember, but your spirit remembers. Alright, so um, let's start with Scripture of the Week. As Brother Ishmael announced, we are entering the um, Honor Your Prophet, the Prophet's Honor Season, which is October the 7th, the first Sunday in October. And the Scripture of the Week is... Appropriately choosing to prepare our minds for that. So the scripture of the week is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. Galatians 6 is, is a verse. It's not just a slogan, you know. In this church, we do things by Bible verses. All right, all right. Hallelujah. Amen. So Galatians 6 six says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Galatians 6. The word communicate there. Is the, in the King James English translation. Uh, in the modern word for that would be to share. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you were to paraphrase this, it will read really like, Let him that is taught in the word share unto him that teaches in all good things. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's say it together Galatians 6 6. Yes. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Galatians 6 says, hallelujah. So, the apostle is encouraging disciples and believers that if you are taught in the word of God, that you must share good things with the person that teaches you, hallelujah. And in our United denominations originated from Lathouse Group of Churches, UD, our teacher that God raised for us is Bishop Ducky Ward-Mills, hallelujah. And so in the Galatians six season, we take, we take a special time to honor the gift of God on his life. So when we are honoring the prophet, please keep in mind that the prophet is a messenger of God. And his importance stems from the fact that he has been sent by God. Hallelujah. So if, if you receive a messenger, the importance of the messenger is derived from who sent him. Yeah. Is that not so? So if the president sends to you uh, a goat to bring you a message. If normally the, the goat would have been used for kebab, now this goat is not kebab. The goat is a messenger. And you'll be in trouble if you eat kill the goat and eat it for kebab. Hallelujah. And so, and so the prophet's honor, it goes all the way to who appointed the person as a prophet. Hallelujah. Amen. So, sometimes people get messed up. Oh, why are we talking about Bishop Doug? Because of who he is in your life and in my life. Amen. Because he's a messenger of God to you yeah. and to me. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, please, uh, Galatians 6 is, is a time we honor the prophet. And it's two weeks away. Is that is this two weeks? Yeah. It's two weeks time. But we, we want to prepare your mind for it because, you see, Jesus went to Nazareth and the people did not honor him. In Mark chapter 6. And we hear that because he was not honored, he could dare not do many miracles there. So that there's a link between how you receive the messenger of God and and the blessing that will come into your life if you dishonor. And he made a statement that a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and among his own kinsmen. So usually what happens is that when somebody goes outside of his own group, they tend to be honored more than the people that are from his own family. But in this house, we will not let that happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, also, alongside with the Annual Global Exams, I'm going to be sharing something from the book that has been designated for the Annual Global Exams. And it's going to be from... So the title is The Anointed and His Anointed, but the, the, um, the chapter I'm preaching from is chapter 22, which is what it means to be an anointed servant. Hallelujah. What it means to be an anointed servant. You see, people are used to somebody serving them. Amen. Everybody wants people to wait on them. But when you come to God and in the kingdom of God, you see that the equation and the thinking, the philosophy, how God thinks and operates in the kingdom of God is very different from the way the world works. Amen. For instance, in the world, the person who, who is being served is considered the greater one. Is that not so? Because when you go to a restaurant, you have come there with your money to spend. So they make you feel very important because it is because of you that the people who work there are employed. Yeah. Is that not so? Yeah. If you don't spend your money, then the restaurant will go out of business. So therefore, they, do, they go out of their way to make you feel special. Is that not so? Yeah. And so that's how the world works. The world works that if you go somewhere, you see somebody is being saved. Then the ones that are serving are what? The junior ones, the one who is being served is considered the greater one. But the whole thing is reversed in the kingdom of God. And when we come to Christ, our whole grooming process or growing into God is that our minds are being changed. Do you get it? Our minds are being changed to now begin to think along the lines of how God thinks. Amen. So, Portia, Portia and uh, James, for instance, when a baby is born, like all of a sudden you were important in the house but now the baby hey, hey, has declared himself a queen. Hey. Amen. Amen. Because you see now, the, the, the agenda shifts once a new one arrives. Oh. Are you there? And if you are used to um, being served as the man in the house. Now, you run a lot of errands. Go and get this. Go and get that. I'm sure you are getting used to that. Amen. But you see, unless you have a a mindset of a servant, you are going to find trouble with that. Amen. But you see, in the kingdom of God, when you serve, rather, you are the greater one. So if you you can have a shift in your mind that any opportunity that you are called upon to serve is not a, a belittling You're not being belittled or being lowered. It's actually a promotion. Amen. Amen. One man of God got caught up to heaven. And um, uh, Abraham came to offer him a drink. And, you know, there was a river that Abraham took a golden cup and fetched. And then offered this, just the plant is the man. And he felt humbled that Abraham is serving him. And he said, no, 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 don't be surprised. Over here. We are all servants. Amen. And in fact, in the church, the word ministry, when we say ministry, do you get it? The word ministry means service. So a minister is actually a servant. But in the world, we have used all these big manism words so that people are not used to the idea of serving. Everybody wants to be served. But that's not the way of Christ. The Bible says, Jesus said that the Son of Man came not to say ser- not to be saved but to serve. Amen. Are you listening to me, somebody? And so and so one of the things that we, we, we are being trained is that when you get the opportunity to serve someone, it is like for a moment you are forgetting about yourself and you are thinking about another. Which is how which is which is how we are going to change the world. Because Jesus said that the whole world will come to know me through your love for one another. And love Includes service. Amen. Open with me to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 Peter 4, 7. What it means to be an anointed servant. We are talking now about servanthood. How to be, what it means to be an anointed servant. To be a servant itself is a blessing. But to be an anointed servant is a higher blessing. So where are we? We are going to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7. Can we get that quickly? You see, if you are doing an exam and you have two hours and you begin to read the questions, right? Begin to read the questions and you read the first question, you don't know the answer. It seems hard. You go to the next one. What is the advice they usually give as to how, to, how best to handle the, the time you have? Answer the ones that you want. That you know first. So that you don't waste your time on things that you are just beating about the bush you don't know. So you, you, must, you, you try to maximize the time you have. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that not so? Yeah. So you see, our time on earth is a limited time. Look at the scripture. First Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. In other words, the the things coming to an end, when you say something is at hand, it means it is close. Amen. So, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Hallelujah. The end of all things is at hand, so be serious. So, you see, when you have a lot of time, when you have a, a lot of time on your hands, you can waste time. But when you have a limited amount of time, you need to manage your time with great wisdom. Hallelujah. Some time ago, I believe in 1994, I traveled to visit my friend in London. And we went to town. On the day, I was supposed to travel back to um, uh, Norway. I was studying in Norway. So on the day I was supposed to travel back, we went to town in the morning, early in the morning. My flight was in the evening, like 7.30 or 8 p.m. or something like that. And we had the whole day before us. Do you get it? And so all the places that we couldn't go, my friend said, we have to go here. We have to go here. Don't worry about that. We have a lot of time. And we just kept going from place to place in the underground subway until we even ended up going to a place that we didn't have tickets for. The pass, because the pass, there's a limit as to how far you can go. Ended up having to do some explaining to the inspectors. <laughs> <laughs> and the, in the final analysis, by the time we came home, I arrived at the airport. The, the 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 flight was just about to take off. And I'm standing here, and I'm seeing the thing on the screen. And the people at the counter said, no, we can't let you go. We can't let you go. He said, no, but I'm here. The, 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 I, I saw the thing fly off, and I couldn't get on it. And I have to be put on another flight that goes through another city. Something complicated. Because you see, sometimes when you think you have a lot of time, you waste it on other things. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you were a believer, when you became a Christian, God called you for a specific purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. And when it comes to servanthood, the first thing that we need to remember is that, you see, your life is no more your own. Hallelujah. When you sign up to be a believer, you gave up the rights the governance of your life amen did you think about that when you sign up even even in school some professors when you when you sign up for their course they make them they they make you feel that they are god and if you if you have signed up for this course i am the king here and i determine how your life is going to be (laughs) professor try and go easy on the students (laughs) amen And so, we need to keep this in mind. Let's look at this scripture in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 7 to verse number 8. What it means to be an anointed servant. Our whole thinking has to change. Because, you see, the world has taught us that everything is about you. It's about me, myself, and I. What is in it for me? Amen. Amen. But Christ gave up the right to his own comfort. Amen. Amen. He gave up the right to his own comfort. From the day when he was arrested, from early morning uh, uh, on Friday morning when he was arrested, he'd never slept. And they pushed him around. He gave up the right to his own comfort. And, and, and in fact, he was so busy in ministry that there was a time he had to tell the disciples, let us pull ourselves quietly and go and rest somewhere. The whole world is about what will somebody do for me. But Christ's way is that begin to think that your life can be of importance to others. Amen. Amen. That's what a servant does. Look at it. For none of us lives to himself. And no one dies to himself. Hallelujah. You see, what he was writing to the Romans. And he's writing to the Romans with the understanding that we all have a common a common code, which we live for ourselves. Hallelujah. He said, none of us, this is not directed to the world, it's directed to believers, to Christians, that we Christians, we don't live unto ourselves. So if your mindset is that, look, your life is about you, and what somebody is going to do for you, and what somebody didn't do for you, and you are upset with somebody because they, they, they didn't do something for you, then you've got it all wrong. When you became a Christian, God called you to servanthood, to make your life a servant unto others. Hallelujah. He said, "None of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. Amen? Next verse. For if we live, we live to the Lord. We live to the Lord. The Lord means the master. If we live, we live to the Lord. So your whole the moment you become a Christian, the moment you sign up to become a Christian, your life is no more about you and about your interests and about how you should be served as a king or a queen. Hallelujah. Amen. Your life is not about unto the Lord. In Revelation four eleven, we learn that He created us for His pleasure. Amen. God created us for His pleasure. I mean, the Creator could have created you in what way? God desired to have you uh, please Him. You know, as the Creator, He could have created you as a monkey. That you just jump from tree to tree. That is the way He could have gotten pleasure from you or from me. But He decided to create you in His own image, with His Spirit in you. He created you as a higher creation. Amen. But then we should not forget that your life is not unto yourself. One of the things that is ruining our world is selfishness. Everybody thinks about how, what is in it for me, and what somebody is going to do something for me, and, y- and then you promise to do this for me. In fact, sometimes, sometimes somebody has done a lot for you over a period, and then they fail in one thing that they promise to do for you. <laughs> that one thing that they failed to do for you, because of that, you word their name off, is like, that person is what? Uh, 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 um, uh, it's it's, it's a very bad friend, it's a very bad person, but you forget about all that they have done. It's because your thinking is that your life is about you. No, your life is not about you. You've gotten it all wrong. We have been called into the service of the King of Kings. Mm. We have been called into the service of the Lord of Lords. We have been called to be waiters and waitresses, to serve others. That is the way we are going to be promoted. Jesus said, he told the disciples that, you see, the kings of the Gentiles, they lorded over one another. But it shall not be so with you. He said, the one that wants to be the greater one should be the younger, should be the servant. If you want to be great, rather be a servant. Look, what I'm saying is even true for economics, for, for businesses. If you're a company and you're producing products and you want to survive and remain in business, you have to be constantly trying to find out what customers want. What is the changing trends of the customers? What are the things they want? Because a customer, a company only exists to serve customers. If you have nothing to serve customers, you go out of business. Amen. And so if customer preferences are shifting, you also need to do what they call research and development and develop a new product to meet the, the new customer uh, 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 demands. Hallelujah. And, and a company that does well will be a company that is constantly changing to meet the demands of the customer. And, and the company, what even goes further is the one that, that shows the customer what they want, that it, but they don't know they want it. And you create a new product, hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You see, in order to be great, take a pause from yourself. Take a pause from all the attention on yourself. And sometimes th- there, are, there are others, that, you know, depend upon people's personality. You know, sometimes it doesn't come out obviously. Do you see? Sometimes there are people who are much more open, extroverted, and they speak their mind. So you know what they are thinking, right? But there are others who are very quiet, and you don't know what they are thinking of you. And what they are, how they, are, they, have, they have downgraded you to a low grade because you didn't do something for them. But they are smiling with you, but you don't know that... In their book on their list you are actually you've descended from number one to thirteen amen. amen but we believers should make a difference in the world by showing that there is another way to live that life ought not to be just about you and your happiness and ha- what will make you uh, comfortable there is a time that w- the, the example of the life of christ in the life of believers is that look you ought to be able to put yourself aside and ask yourself, what can I do for somebody? Hallelujah. What can I do for somebody? Let's look at this other scripture. Look at it. It says, "Therefore, we live. Whether we live or die, we are the lost." Let's go back to First Peter. We are talking about what it means to be an anointed servant. So far, we are talking about servanthood in general. Okay, an anointed servant. So First Peter chapter one verse seventeen. First Peter 1, 17. Are you there? And if you call on the Father. See, one is if you call on the Father. F, capital F. He's talking about Christians. Every Christian calls on the Father. Is that not so? So instead of saying if you call on the Father, he cou- could have said if you are a Christian if you call on the father who without partiality judges according to each one's work god is going to judge according to each one's work he said "Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear you see that word stay here in the original king james is the time of sojourning here when you are sojourning somewhere it's like you are there on a temporary basis this earth is a temporary place amen and so we should conduct our lives, how we live our lives, live here in, in fear or in soberness. That you ought not to just think of how things will meet your appetite. Deny yourself. Put a pause on your own desires. And begin to think of other people for a change. Put your hands together unto the Lord. <clears throat> now we are going to go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And I believe I'm going to read from verse number 13. We are talking about what it means to be an anointed servant. What it means to be an anointed servant. Your whole thinking ought to change. You see, if you think you are big, if you think you are great, you think you are at a certain high level, and somebody tells you to do something which appears to be below you, that's when you get upset. Is that not so? Are you there? If you think... You are the head of a place, and then there's uh, some papers or trash on the floor and somebody comes one of the one of the employees comes and says, "Oh, Mr. So can you sweep this place? Can you pick it up? You will feel insulted. Is that not so? You feel like i mean uh, why are you telling me to do this it's your job, but if your mindset is that okay i'm a servant i i'm I'm, uh, I'm here to serve then no matter where you are, if somebody tells you to do anything, it will, it will not cross your mind that it is belittling you. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Yeah. So we are talking about something needs to change in our minds, what we think we are. Because we think that the person who serves is low. But if you think that serving is actually the same thing of the fact that you are great, then the opportunity to serve, you will not see that as an insult. You actually see that, oh, this is my opportunity to be great. Hallelujah. Are you following the message? Malachi chapter 3, verse 13. Okay. It says, your words have been harsh against me. This is the Lord speaking. Says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is useless to serve God. Because you see, now we are talking about serving in general. And now we are shifting to serving God. Amen. The servant of the Lord. Serving God and God's interest. To serve God is to serve God's people. Because the God that we are serving is invisible. Are you there? The God that we are serving is invisible. You cannot see him. So if you are looking for someone to serve. If I want to help Brother Kweku. and his, uh, Maybe he, he, they came to church and then uh, maybe um, they left something here. Do you get it? And maybe um, they called. Oh, Rev, are you still at church? And I said, Oh no, I'm, I left. I'm actually on Cook Road. So we left something, something very uh, important for the kids. Are you following? All right. And then you know where Kweku lives. Where Kweku lives to here compared to Cook Road to here. Which one is shorter? Cook Road. So so if I want to serve Kweku's interests, then what I would do is that I will turn around. Do you get it? and I'll come. I will not say it's an inconvenience. Amen. You see, Kweku himself is not around, but his interest is here. His interest is whatever they left here, which they don't want to lie around and need to pick. Are you listening to me? So you see, to serve someone's interest, sometimes the person is not visible, but there are other things that are related to the person, which you can do something about. And so now bring that mindset to God. God Almighty is invisible, but God's people are visible. That's why the apostle wrote in 1 John, he said that don't say you love God, who you cannot see. But the human being that you can see, you cannot love the person. Amen. Amen. Are you there? So, so you see, your love for God, God said, okay, you want to love me, that's great. I want you to translate your love for me to others. The service that you want to do for me, do it for others. When you do it for others, I consider that you are doing it for me. Amen. Amen. It is up to God to define to you how to love Him. Amen. You see, love is one of those things that is very broad. Everybody has their definition of how to show love. Are you there? Some people, the way to show love is to give them an Italian peck One here, one here. If you can do that every morning to her, you have shown that you love her. That's enough. Amen. Are you following? <laughs> You need to know who you are dealing with and what makes them feel loved. Whereas some others, the way you show that you love is to give them your wallet. (laughs) Give them a a check, a blank check. Buy whatever you want. Go whatever you... It's like, when you do that for them, then they know that you love them. Amen. Other people... (laughs) Other people, the way they want you to show that you love them, is to spend time with them. Yeah. You may not have a lot of money. Yeah. You may not have a lot of money, but you may have words. Do yeah. you, you, you get it? You may not have a lot of money. You see, words are very important. You have no idea. You can, because, because it's not all about money. Sometimes, the way you show that you love somebody is being with a person. And maybe it's not even words. Maybe it's not even words. Just listen. Yeah. Just be there and listen. Like if you listen to the story of Job, you see, Job chapter, I think chapter 2, Towards the end, after Job had been attacked and he had sicknesses and boils and all that, he had three friends who came to visit him. And the first seven days, it amazed me, Madam, said, when I read it, the first seven days, when they came, Eliphaz and the other two guys, they sat with Job for seven days without saying a word. Just being there, just sitting there, that alone is what he needed. Hallelujah. Sometimes there's not so many words you say. And so you will see that the person that you want to love and you want to show interest for is the one that you must know how are they defining how to love them. And God is saying, for me, that you cannot see me, don't wait till you come to heaven and come and lie prostrate on the floor and say, Lord, do you, what do you want me to do? To, to wash your car? To, to, to do what? To, to clean your bathroom? So God said, I don't go to the bathroom. I don't use bathroom, so don't need, you don't need to clean my bathroom. What I want you to do is I want to serve my people. I want you to love other human beings. I want you to serve in the church. I want you to do something that is not about you. Why is it that every activity you do, it has to somehow cascade back to you? That there is a benefit in it for you before you do. Why is it that you cannot put yourself aside and put a pause on your name? And then begin to think of this thing that I'm doing, I have no interest in it. I have no other interest in it except that it is serving somebody. Hallelujah. God is calling us to a life of service. Because, you see, when you do it unto God, he said, if you do it unto one of these little ones, you do it unto me. Put your hands together unto the Lord. So now God is saying, and the thing is that as you are serving God, there comes a time it feels totally useless. Amen. Look at the scripture. People are now complaining. You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? There's many believers sometimes feel like that. They've been serving God, i have been serving God. Now, what, has, I, what, what have I benefited from it? Amen. I don't know that you have felt that way before. If you have felt that way before, you are not the first one. We are reading it right here in the Bible. that People in the days of Malachi, they, they felt that way. Hallelujah. That They felt useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? And that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. So you begin to compare your life to unbelievers. You begin to see that the proud are getting blessed. You begin to see that those who do wickedness are getting raised up. And you look at your life and you see that I have been serving God, but I don't see any benefits. Amen. It's like raising children. You know, it takes a long time. But you need to pray about it that you see a benefit. Yes. <laughs> Amen. You invest and invest invest. You see, when, when, you are w- when a child comes, it's like you, you that's why we advise the, 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 the ladies. If you go to uh, naming ceremonies and things like you hear people will advise that Madam Pasha, remember, before this one arrived, he existed. Amen. Okay. Amen. So that, so that, um, the baby has a w- sneaky way of stealing the shoe. So that everyone and everyone's attention is now on the baby. And that you forget about other people in the house. Amen. I am mean directly giving counseling to yeah, people. Amen. Yeah. But look at it. You come to a place where serving God seems useless. Because you are not seeing immediate benefit. You are not seeing a, a, a result or anything for you for what you are doing. And so we begin to do what? Complain. And then we begin to withdraw Your tools. So now, okay, now next verse. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. Hallelujah. We need to encourage one another. You see, everybody, one day somebody is up, the next day one person is down. But we need to speak to each other. When you see somebody, their faith and their strength is waning. Their, their, Their zeal for God is going down. You need to encourage one another. Hallelujah. It says, a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. So you see, the scripture is encouraging you that what you are doing for God is not going to be forgotten. Amen. It said that there is a record in heaven. There is a book of remembrance being written about you and about how you are serving and how you are serving God's people. Amen. You may do a lot of things that nobody may notice. But a book of remembrance is being opened in heaven. Look at it. A book of remembrance is written before him, capital H, that is before God. For those who fear God and who meditate on his name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I make them my jewels. Hallelujah. When you are a servant of God and a servant of God's people, the Bible says you are what? His jewels. Amen. Amen. You, You are God's precious one. Then look at it. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. When things are happening, God will spare you. Then you shall again, listen to this. You shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. The Bible is saying that there is going to be what? A difference between the righteous and the wicked. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. The Bible says God is not mocked. The people who only live selfishly unto themselves... They don't, they don't care about anybody else. They don't care about following up sheep. They don't care about making sure others are serving God. Amen. They don't care about making sure the church is working. They, are no, they don't care about making sure people who are vacillating are coming back to God. They don't care about making sure people who are failing their exams are, 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 are passing their exams. It's like everything is about you. It says that the people who live unto themselves, the Lord is going to make a distinction between them and the people who spend some of their time serving others. He said, "I will spare them. Then you would again; you shall again descend between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve Him." Hallelujah. Let's turn to Isaiah. Isaiah forty-two, and verse number one. What it means to be an anointed servant. So we talked about serving God, but as you are serving God, your credentials and your your ability to do more for God increases when God anoints you, when God God puts his power on you, when God puts his spirit on you. Hallelujah. Please remember the scripture from Romans, Romans 14, that after you become a believer, you do not live unto yourselves anymore. Stop feeling sorry for yourself all the time. I'm telling you. Begin to think about in what way can you help somebody? In what way can your life mean something to someone? The moment you begin to care and think about others, I can guarantee you, you get God's attention. Hallelujah. Yes. Did I not tell you the story that uh, many years after we have come to start this church, I was talking to Apostle Joel one day. And as I was talking to him, he, um, at a point, the conversation shifted to my interest in ministry. And I began to tell him how I plan on starting churches, starting more branches, and sending people, and training people, and starting churches here, and starting churches there. Then all of a sudden Apostle Joshua said, "Can I have your number?" I said, "Oh, I, I didn't say that. But I thought it in my head, I thought you had my number all along. Oh, this why You didn't have my number?" <laughs> Amen. Because Apostle Joshua is a pastor over so many people. Do you get it? And very likely he has called me, I've called him, but the point is that he had not saved my number on his phone. Is it shocking? Well, it may be shocking to you, but if you look at the numbers he's dealing with, because, you see, you have so many people you are dealing with, but you need to zero in on the ones that are most important to your mission. Are you listening to me? The moment Apostle heard that I'm interested, because remember, Apostle Joe used to be in New York City. He pastored the Manhattan branch for years. Then he moved to where? Atlanta. And started the Atlanta branch. Then from there, he moved to Chicago and started Chicago. From Chicago, he went to, is it, Oakland? Before he went to LA, he, LA he has moved two or three times. So he's he's starting churches, he's starting branches. So the moment I began to express to him my interest in doing something similar, immediately, I became important. <laughs> Amen. I became important. He said, Can I have your number? So he saved my <laughs> he got my number and saved it. That is how it is. That the moment your interest aligns with God's interest, God, what is God's interest? God is interested in the underdog. God is interested in the people who, who are without a shepherd. God is interested in the ones who are sad. The people who are down. Look, yesterday I was reading a scripture. And I forgot the scripture. But the scripture was about how God is going to deal with the ones who mistreat widows, orphans, and aliens. I said, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. He said, orphans, widows, and aliens. These are people close to God's heart. If you mistreat them, he said, I'll bring judgment. Amen. So we should be very very careful (laughs) how you handle aliens. Amen. Amen. Documented or undocumented? Be very very careful. Are you listening to me? What I'm saying is that when you begin to show interest in what is close to God's heart, then you become a partner with Him. Look at the scripture. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom I show delight. I have... Put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. We are going to verse 4. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for the truth. All right. He will not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Hallelujah. This is one of the messianic passages. In other words, it's a passage that points to Christ. But please understand that after we became Christians, Christ is the head and we are the body. So the prophecies about Christ are also true for us. Does that make sense? And so now, God is describing what he does for his servant. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit upon him. If you make it your goal, that I will make myself available to be a servant, to meet God's requirement. God is looking for workers. God is looking for people who have... You see, the the, the whole secret to it is that if you say you are going to finish solving your own personal problems before you start becoming a servant, you will never finish. Because this world, the the way it works, you solve one problem, another one arises. You solve one problem, another one arises until death do us part. Amen. Amen. And so what you need to do is that you need to put a pause on yourself and say, what kind of... It's like you are driving. You you have reached a, a junction where you see that many people... Many people are, uh, maybe they are in this left lane that would, would exit the highway, but they actually need to be in the middle lane here because they, do, they don't want to exit. And you see them blinking and blinking and blinking. You, you, what you can do is, the least you can do is slow down so that somebody also can join. Yeah. But have you seen people that they have seen that you are trying to connect? You are, you are trying to join. And then that is when they begin to speed up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the annoying thing is that, you see, a few times more than once, I've seen that after they speed up, then you realize that they are also <laughs> exiting. Ah! But you are about to exit. If you are about to exit, why is it that you couldn't slow down? You are not even going straight. You are about to exit. But it's just that some people in their mind, in their mind, it's like it's like this is the only time they have won something for themselves. And so let them go. Amen. But you see, there is a lot of selfishness going around, but it ought not to be found among the followers of Christ. Because Christ did not teach us selfishness. Christ taught us selflessness. And he said that if you make yourself a selfless servant, God will pour his spirit upon you. Because the spirit of God came on Christ not to serve himself. The spirit of God came on Christ to serve others. That he was tired, but he was still ministering to the sick. He was tired, but he was still ministering to, uh, to the hungry. He was tired and he gave himself up for you and for me. And now, you and I, he, he didn't call us to just pamper us. Christ did not call us to just give us uh, and praise us. Uh, he, he called us so that we will sacrifice our lives for others. So he call, maybe you will not be called to go and die on the cross. But what pain? What are your pain points? I was reading a consultant uh, document. And then, uh, and then the process improvement document. And then they say, one of the things they ask the client is, that what are your pain points around this and that? <laughs> Amen. And so you too, ask yourself. You begin to look for other people. What are their pain points? And in what way can you help? The moment you shift your attention to help others, the Spirit of God comes upon you. But the Spirit of God does not come upon. It only comes upon the crucified life. And the resurrected life. Why is it that Christ went into the baptismal waters? Do you get it? John the Baptist immersed Christ in in the waters of the Jordan. And then he came out. When he came out of the waters of the Jordan, as the waters were parting from his body, what happened next? The sky was open, and what happened next? The Spirit of God came down upon him like a dove. And then the Father spoke and said, Behold, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now you need to understand that the immersion under the water is symbolic of death. It's like a barrier. Do you get it? So you you, you must first die. After, because what what Christ did he did, it not for himself, but for us, as an example. That after you die to yourself, to your comfort, to your interest, and you make yourself available to be a servant, just the same way that Christ came over the waters of baptism and the Spirit of God came upon him, so also he said, my servant whom I have anointed. When you make yourself a servant, it's like you have died to yourself. Now, God would anoint you with his Spirit. Hallelujah. Put your hands together unto the Lord. number one, the anointing of the anointed servant will cause you to be a delight to the one who chose you. How many here want to be God's delight? You want to be the delight of God. In order for you to become the delight of God, you need to become an anointed servant. Hallelujah. He said, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom I so delighted. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. When you make yourself a servant of God, God begins to delight in you. We are all God's children, but he doesn't delight in all of us. Amen. Parents will know that there are some children who don't bring delight to your heart. But there are others who bring delight to your heart. Hallelujah. So in other words, you want to distinguish yourself. Don't be just like an average child. Of, make yourself a servant. The moment you make yourself a servant, the spirit of God comes upon you. And God makes you his delight. To be god delight means that when God sees you, he's just happy. Hallelujah. Do you want to be a person that delights the heart of God? Look, we, do you know how much effort we all make to make other people like us? I don't know whether you've done that lately. Like, you, you, you want people to like you. You want people to accept you. You want people to, you want people to uh, include you in, in, a, in a group or something. You want, you want people to, to want to be with you. Amen. Have you been to a place where they, 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 they didn't assign tables? And, and you just sit at the table of your choice. And you, you don't know anybody. And, and, and you went early and you sat at the table and nobody came to join you at the table. Have you, has that happened to you before? Yes. yes. Nobody liked you. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to sit with you. But you see that there are some people. There are some people. That, they, 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 they sit there and everybody is rallying around them. We make a lot of effort so that we will be included and accepted. But the person that you want to delight in you the most, the most important person you want him to like you and to be delighted in you is God. Because you see, what God can do for you, the whole human race cannot do for you. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to add one more point. I'm just going to add more. I I will jump to uh, this point. Point number three. The anointing of the anointed servant will cause you to trust in the anointing and you will not strain or stretch yourself in the natural. You see, the thing that the anointing does is that you see, the anointing is a supernatural element. We are talking about something that comes from God. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a divine substance from God that comes upon your life that makes things easy. It's, it's a little bit like using a knife to cut something. You see, if you are using a knife to cut something and the knife is blunt you have to use a lot of physical strength to cut. But if the knife is very sharp, you don't have to use a lot of physical strength. Are you listening to me? So one of the things that anointing will do for you as a servant who has received the Spirit of God upon you is that God begins to make things easy for you. Amen. Hallelujah. When the anointing is upon your life, your path, you see, before you're going to meet somebody, before you go there, somebody has prepared Like when we went to uh, Michelle's wedding, we had to go and drop Nathaniel somewhere. And the time was very tight. You get it. And we were trying to ask this person to go and drop Nathaniel. But he also had to go and drop his case. And so it became a... And, and then we don't want to arrive at the wedding, wedding late. And just at the right moment, Brother Eugene showed up. I said, this can, can be nothing but God. Because God is making things easy for me. <laughs> Amen. And so when he came, he relieved me of having to go and drop Do You get it. You see, you will see that there are divine appointments and things that come in your way which is on I, I, you cannot have any other explanation other than the fact that God touched somebody's heart to do something for you. When the anointing is on your life, as a servant, you don't strain yourself to do many things. Many things, God will put other people at work for you. Put your hands together unto the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. Rise up to your feet. Begin to pray, commit yourself to the Lord. Ask God to help you and strengthen you. Ask God for His anointing. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here, you are not born again. You have not taken that initial step of committing your life to Christ. God is calling you, He wants you to have a relationship with Him. The Bible said, All have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. But the Bible said, The gift of God is eternal life. God didn't call us to condemn us. He called us to bless us. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, lift up your hand. If you want to meet Christ and dedicate your life to him and become a believer, to be born again, if you are that person who has never made that step, lift up your hand. If you are a believer and you are not working as close to the Lord as you know to do, today God wants you to give you the opportunity To rededicate your life to the Lord. If you are that person, lift up your hand as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our king of glory. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah to you, most high God. I want the church to pray with me. Thank you, my Savior, for your love for me. Thank you for your grace. For the sacrifice of Christ. That he died for me. That I shall live. I believe he was raised again from the dead. For my justification. Now I choose to live my life for you. I choose to live my life for others. I choose to be a servant. So anoint me with your spirit. May I be your delight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah and Amen. You may put your hands together unto the Lord and take your seats. And we now invite Brother James and Sister Portia to bring the baby for the dedication.